Hey, man. Muted. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for uh, taking the time. I really appreciate you coming on. Of course, man. Of course. I appreciate you having me. This is awesome. Yeah, definitely. No, it's, um, I mean, it's just such a great way to, you know, connect with all different types of people and, you know, kind of create conversations. And, um, you know, I like to do the whole Zoom thing, you know, it's as face-to-face as, as we can get nowadays. Um, oh, 100%. And kind of funny the way this like came about, you know, because I feel like many people wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have the, uh, I guess, the open mind to, you know, kind of jump on a, on a random live viewers podcast. So I, <laughs> I love it. I, I appreciate it, man. Um, so yeah, cool. welcome to the show. Welcome to More with Michael podcast. Uh, you know, it's an honor, honor to have you and looking forward to, uh, you know, kind of picking your brain and hearing what you have to say. Um, I've obviously done like a little bit of research on your background and your history, but um, yeah. give, give the listeners a little, a little background of kind of, you yeah. know, how you got involved in, in um, your space, kind of your history and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say, um, so my, my name is Caleb Coe. I'm a physical therapist and strength coach. I'm based out of Atlanta currently. And I'd say I got into it mostly based off just self-experimentation. Like I was a pretty average athlete in high school, went to a super small, like podunk rural, rural school, like 20 dudes on our football team. And it was mostly just like, I want to get strong. I want to get huge. I want to be a freak athlete. Um, so I think like my how I really got into it was purely just, I like, let's try stuff out. Like I'm, I'm the test dummy. So let's try it out. So, you know, in high school, I obviously was pretty obsessed with just like, how can I get more athletic? Uh, I had the opportunity to play college football at really, again, really small NAIA college, um, played there for four years. Um, and yeah, kind of same thing. Uh, my strength coach in college, um, I learned a lot from him as well. And uh, yeah, he just, he kind of helped refine. And I, <laughs> so some of the things I really held as like, this is a definite truth. Like he, he really challenged that a lot. Like I didn't really like a lot of what he was doing at the time, but now looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes so much more sense. Like, uh, so he, I wouldn't have known it at the moment, but looking back, I'm like, oh, wow. He really like kind of sparked that as well. Um, and then I had an opportunity to go to a pro day at Northwestern University and try out kind of for the NFL, which I did not make because I'm slow. But through that process, I think I learned a lot about like what not to do. Um, I was pretty fast preseason. And then once my pro day came up, I kind of switched my whole training philosophy around and ended up being a lot slower. So tore my labrum in the process. Uh, I tore my labrum my senior year and kind of rehabbed that back, started following some pretty awesome people. Uh, Social media gets like dogged by a lot of like I think older people as like not being professional or a good place to learn but like dude I've learned so much from some pretty amazing smart people on social media a hundred a hundred percent and and I mean if it wasn't like I said for, uh, well I guess we'll provide a little background so I was watching your live and just you yeah. know kind of asking some questions and then shot you a dm and you know kind of asked if you wanted to come on and so you know here you are but like you said it's it's a great way to you know i mean there's just so much information available to you that yeah. you know you can really which can be a con as well because sure. it's kind of how do you filter through the bs yeah. um yeah. but you know it does does give you that info real quick was it your uh shoulder labrum or hip labrum yeah shoulder labrum shoulder. okay yeah anyways go on yeah so no that's so true i mean i feel like i could talk about that alone for a long time <laughs> but um just like filtering through the bs because like yeah, yeah it's such a great thing in some ways but Mm. Um, so yeah, I tore my labrum, kind of rehabbed it on my own. I didn't really want surgery, um, which again, some surgeries are necessary. I'm not going to pretend like, oh, you never need surgery. I was blessed where, I mean, it was a pretty big tear, but I was able to function pretty well without it and just kind of progressively load it, graduated exposure. And that kind of got me down like the rehab track. And I was like, oh, physical therapy, this is athletics. And so I was like, I'm going to physical therapy school. And so Went to physical therapy school and like the first two years I was just in a hospital like wiping butts and I was like, oh, this sucks. Oh, this is not what I thought it would be. Um, but all jokes aside, I mean, that's kind of part of physical therapy that I just didn't really know about. Um, so I <laughs> I went through and I, I started my online business um, right out of college. It was actually, I hadn't even graduated college yet. So I started training athletes actually in person and then COVID kind of hit. That's when I kind of took things remotely and started kind of looking for different niches. Um, 
I don't know if I've really found like a, a specific niche necessarily, but um, yeah, kind of trying to just feel it out. I, I don't like to narrow myself down to just this type of athlete or just that type of athlete or, or even non-athlete. Like I, I like to work with whoever wants to be worked with. And um, yeah. So you want to, do you want to plug the website real quick? I think it's big cat performance, right? Yeah. 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 So the business is big cat performance um, pretty active on social media, Instagram and well, TikTok, which, you know, yeah. but <laughs> your TikToks have done well. I mean, that's how I came across you and then yeah. you know, your Instagram, but that's kind of, I mean, shit, that's the way everyone's getting popular nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those, like, again, necessary evils kind of, it's like, mm, do I really yeah. want to be spending my time creating uh, TikToks? Probably not. But like, if it draws people to my content and I'm able to provide some value in their life, it's a necessary evil where it's like, okay, I can justify this by, again, providing value to somebody at some point. <laughs> but yeah, no, of, of, of course, and, and credit to you, because I mean, all of a lot of the stuff that you give is is free, you know, and so yeah. Yeah. for athletes to be able to make some some significant changes in their life because of that, like, I know, personally, the two things that I've learned from you that I've implemented is dunking, like it's so fun and like growing up, like, you know, as an American, like you play everything and obviously basketball yeah. is one of the sports. And so like just going to a hoop, like trying all types of dunks and especially if you can lower the hoop to like eight or nine feet, like it's just, it's so fun, you know? Yeah. And, um, so that's one thing like I've implemented that I've found to be like really helpful and, um, you know, really have enjoyed. And then also the sprinting as well. Uh, and, and for my, I'm, I'm a goalkeeper. Um, and so, you know, when I do run, it is a sprint. And so, you know, it's, uh, it's, it is relevant to what I'm doing as well, but there's something to be said just about, you know, pushing your body to the limits and really, you know, kind of getting, and especially to jumping over stuff, sprinting, you know, landing one foot sprinting, um, all those things. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of what you've had to share, like I've, you know, I've implemented in my training and I have found, you know, really good benefits from it. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Um, yeah, I guess in terms of just like kind of wrapping up my story, like I'm a physical therapist now, uh, working, um, actually just quit that job though, to like pursue big cat kind of full time. Mm. So trying to, we're working on a couple different things, but, um, pursuing the online remote as well as looking for a place to open up a physical location, full-time because I've trained in like other people's gyms, but I, mm. I want to open up kind of my own thing at some point, hopefully here in the next year or so. Yeah, definitely. Well, congrats, man. That's a big step and, uh, you Thanks. know, it takes some courage and I hope, uh, hopefully this podcast can kind of help, uh, you know, send some, <laughs> send some customers your way. Um, oh, I mean, you. I have, I have numerous, you know, buddies and, and people I know that, you know, are college athletes, um, and yeah. even professional athletes as well. Um, and I, I don't know, have you ever heard of Bomberito's performance systems? That okay, is it like two M's? Yeah, Bomberito. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard yeah. of that. Yeah, so they do like all their like combine training for um like college guys. And so yeah. I worked there uh because they had a location right next to my school. Oh, wow. Um and so like to see kind of you know what they go through and like what yeah. those regiments look like and trying to get the 40s down and you know the bench press. And I mean, I'd tell you like there's some freak athletes that walk like we had we had Greg Rousseau from UM um, yeah. I don't know if you know it, but like just an, an animal you know and, like, <laughs> yeah. just, and and so that leads me to like my next thing is a lot of things I've seen you talk about are genetics and yeah. how like you know you get these freak athletes that just have ridiculous genetics and then you have you know a strength trainer or coach that's going to try and you know, get you to mimic what that guy's doing. And it's like, you're not going to be able to do that. Like you, you're only limited to, to kind of what your body allows you to do. Right. Yeah. I think, I think that's like a big thing with social media is just like, I mean, we take these outliers of genetic potential and they, they could literally do what they, whatever they want. Chad Ochocinco eats McDonald's all the time. (laughs) And like, he's a stud, like he's, he's a genetic freak. But like, if me and you did that, like we don't have that room for error. Like in terms of the bell curve, we're probably, I, I don't know necessarily your athletic background. We're probably smack dab in the middle in terms yeah. of just like we're normal average people who need well thought out consistent training, mm. genetic freaks. Like, yeah, like they might be able to get by doing these sand battle rope workouts that like really aren't doing anything or eating McDonald's, you know, not, not to like 
get into training philosophies necessarily. Yeah. But like, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah. But these genetic freaks, man, like they're able to get away with so much. And then, you know, for the vast majority of people who are watching that, they're like, bro, Cam Newton's doing that. Like, I need to be doing that. And then they don't get the results or or they're arguing with me on social media about, well, Cam Newton does not it. It's like, but no offense, man, but you're not Cam. Like, mm. you're you're five eight like 190 pounds and like can barely bench 135 like that's a big difference cam newton could do that probably when he was 10 years old and had never done it before so it's just like i think to take genetics out of it like yes you can work hard you can do all that but like genetics is a huge factor and uh base your entire training philosophy based off what the nfl athletes or what you see on social media is just it's not going to get you far and you're going to be hopping from one thing to the next versus just like sticking with a consistent, well thought out general program. Mm. And I think that's a great point because everyone is going to be different. You know, even, even the two most similar, you know, builds or whatever the case may be, like it's, it's going to be two completely different, you know, necessities for what you need when it comes to training. And so to try and jump from fat to fat or to try and copy what, you know, a pro does and, and things like that. But, and again, that goes back to what you're saying about the over-information because it's just like, you see all of this, how do you filter through what's good and, and what's bad? And I think it, it comes to that, you know, just years of experience and of, of wisdom of, okay, this has worked for me. Let me, let me keep yeah. doing that. And this hasn't worked for me. And yeah. you know, that, that can, can be a long journey. Uh, you know, you can go through a lot of different struggles with that and, and kind of, um, you know, go through some, some battles, but I think once you kind of find a, a consistent thing, like you said, you know, uh, you want to stick with that and, and continue to, you know, really hone in on, on those things and, and just continue to like, I don't want to say specialize, you know, cause like, you don't want to do the same things too often. You do want to add that variety and kind of that, that change of, of dynamic, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very interesting point for sure. Yeah. And that, I think that was me. Like that was me to a T. Like I was always looking for like what method or what exercise mm -hmm. is just going to be like the the key, like to unlock my athleticism. So it's like, oh, trap bar deadlift. Like, like I just thought that was like king. And so you know, yeah. I got to 550 and like, yeah, like it probably had some benefit, but like, was it the key to my athleticism? Did I really become a much better athlete because of the trap bar? Probably not. Mm. Contrast method, you know, like all these different things that we're seeing now, especially, and it's like these specialized, like Russian document uh, things. <laughs> and, and when you like really look at it, it's just like, I mean, that's that's fine. Like, sure, like go ahead and do that, but like that's not going to make this dramatic change in your athleticism unless you do it consistently and have a well thought out structure. Especially if you're jumping from one one thing to the another, like you said, like you're just not going to have the results that you're looking for. <laughs> Yeah. And everyone's looking just for that golden ticket. That's going to get you to you know, the, the league. And it's like, listen, if, if it was that easy, everyone would be playing professional <laughs> sports, you know? So it's, it's uh, yeah, it is. It definitely mm -hmm. is interesting. And, and that's something I, you know, I think as athletes, like as, as guys who have played sports, like you're willing to do whatever it takes, like, you know, sure. you, you'll, you'll, you'll find something. And if you believe in it, like you'll commit a hundred percent to make it work. And I think a lot of frustration comes from you see guys like, you know, that are just freak athletes and, and have these kind of just lucky genetics and, you know, eat what they want, go to sleep as late as they need, go out to the club every weekend yeah. and, and still show up and perform. And so a lot of people are like, oh, well, that's not fair. Well, like wake up call, like not much in life is fair. Yeah. You know, and you just, you just got to deal kind of the best that you can with, like with, with the cards that are in front of you. Totally. Yeah. 100%. So what, what have you found is like the biggest challenge when it comes to working with your athletes? Like, is it trying to change narratives in terms of like what they've, what they've heard? Is it getting them to just like, you know, kind of, I don't want to say like blindly trust you, but you know, like really, really believe in, in what you work, but like what, are, talk about some of those challenges. Yeah. I think, I think like buy-in and like fostering that like inner purpose behind every, like the whole program. It's like, I, I have this idea or this vision of like the program and it's like he, communicating that to the athlete sometimes I think gets lost in translation. So I think that's sometimes the hardest part is like really getting people to like buy into like, hey, this is the intention behind every single movement we're doing in terms of creating a more general, robust human being, you know, and uh, I think I think sometimes that gets lost in translation. Um and I mean, 
if we're completely honest with ourselves, it's like, I have this idea or I'm willing to hold an isometric lunge, you know, till I literally cannot. And some kids just like kind of give out and are like, I, I really don't want to work that hard. So it's tailoring the work, you know, like I might create a workout where it's like, okay, like this is for somebody that's like really willing to push themselves. But then the athlete shows up and it's like, this athlete's here mostly because their parents are paying for it, not because yeah. they want to. So it's like, we can argue online all day about like, is this rep scheme better? Is this exercise better? Is this method better? But at the end of the day, like you have to one, create some buy-in with the athlete. And two, you have to actually like communicate the intention behind it and meet them where they're at. Like this middle school kid is just here because mom and dad are forking over the money to do it. And he doesn't really want to be there. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tailor that training session totally different than if I'm working with an athlete who's like, man, like this is my shot to get to the league. And like, I got people at home counting on this to like feed my family, you know? So it's like, those are two totally different conversations and two totally different like training strategies. So I think it's more the soft skills of like, how can I actually communicate this to the athlete that's staying in front of me and kind of bridge that gap versus like the X to the nose. I don't know how much they matter, honestly. Um, I I think they definitely do to a certain degree, but I think we can get lost in the weeds a little bit when, you know, Jimmy's sitting here and he can, again, doesn't really want to be there. So I'd say that's probably the biggest challenge. Yeah. Interesting. No. And, and it's true. It's like, there's a, there's a doctor, his name's, well, he doesn't like to use the phrase doctor kind of goes against this whole, whatever, but his name's Tommy John. Um, his dad, yeah, was the fa- you know, obviously the famous pitcher. I don't yeah. know how familiar you are with his work, Love Tommy. Um, but yeah. So his, you know, one of his big things is like your why, like what, what is that overarching, you know, kind of spiritual motivation? Yeah. Like, are you just doing it? Cause you want to have fun or, you know, like you said, do you have family at home that are, that are counting on you? And so, yeah it's like, you got to have kind of that, that bigger purpose, that, that bigger meaning of, to, to and that is what's going to do more for you than any training method or, or any, yeah. you know, type of yeah. training, training, uh, specific, so to speak. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the the biggest thing is, and, it, and it's hard to like, it's hard to tell a kid like, Hey, I don't think it's hard to turn away kids too. Like, it's like, Hey, like, you don't really fit here. Like if you want to train, like there's, I know a personal trainer at the YMCA, he'll do great w- with you. So it's like, you do kind of have to meet those kids in the middle. Whose why is just like, I mean, these kids, sometimes I swear, like they, their personalities are just like, shut. it's tough. You, they're stuck behind phones all day and screens. And, yeah. It's, it's, uh, so I'll tell you like, and this will lead me to my next question, but like growing up, we had this thing called extended day, which basically just aftercare. Yeah. And I like, I swear, and I, and I stand by it as long as I live, like those five, five, six years from kindergarten until, you know, fifth grade, when I got to middle school, I was outside playing every day for two, three hours at a time. And it was soccer. It was football. It was kickball. It was water balloon flights. It was, we used to play like this game called running bases, which was like, basically, you know, you're stuck in a pickle and you go like just all these, you know, all these different fun games. And, you know, there was no stress. Like, and it's just, it's a shame. Like I have a little brother now and he's kind of going through it where it's, it's a lot of their lives are just, you know, all behind the screen. Um, So it is tough, but leading to my next question, do you think like, specialization at an early age is it a good thing is it a bad thing do you need to tailor it like what what's what are your thoughts in terms of you know starting one sport from the second they can walk and until they you know until they can't play anymore i i think i mean i think the literature is pretty clear that like early sports specialization is not it from like a developmental injury all that but it's not going anywhere so it's like it's kind of a pointless conversation to have in terms of like I don't care how many studies come out. I don't care how many podcasts, posts I make about early sports specialization. It's not going anywhere. Everybody's going to be specializing their kids. So it's like, from our perspective, it's like, how how are we going to change that? But you see this rise in sports specific training. It's like, okay, this kid's been playing basketball since he was five competitively year round. And then he comes to me for sports specific training. Like, how, how am I doing him any justice? I'm just reinforcing the same movements he's been doing mm-hmm. <laughs> since he could dribble. Like, I, so that's kind of my, my biggest problem with like the sports specialization is like, it sucks. 
we know it's not good for you. We know we should be developing a large movement library with tons of great, different great options, word. you know? Um, and so we know that's the case and we know that that's not happening in the real world. So it's like, instead of just sticking to our guns and doing sports specific training, we need to change how, how we train kids. My, my training sessions are no longer going to be about sports specific movements, joint angles, whatever the frick you want to call it. My, <laughs> my training sessions are going to be about building a base level of movement options to add to their movement library. Um, because I want to give them what they're not getting. So that's like my overall approach really to training, like in a nutshell, it's just like, yeah, these kids are, they're, they're missing movement options. They have a very small movement library and we need to expand that. So that's kind of like, if you, if you had to do like an overarching theme, that would probably be it. Movement library building. Yeah. No, (laughs) I, I love, I love that word. And that's, that's definitely, I think you get so locked into just like you said, very specific types of movements. And so then when you are in a position where you do get thrown in or, you know, thrown into a, um, a position or a type of movement or speed that you're particularly not used to that, that's where those injuries occur. And, uh, you know, it's, it's that. And then it's also the overtraining aspect of doing the same things over and over again, and only using those, those same muscles. And that's personally something that I experienced. And that's kind of what sent me down, like, you know, the go to ladder, the Tommy John ladder, the carnivore diet ladder, you know, like all of these different, all of these different things to kind of fix because it was during COVID. And because we didn't have a season, we were just getting hammered at practice. Like it it was ridiculous. And because we didn't have a season, they were like, they were, they're like, Oh, all hell breaks loose. Like, we're just gonna, we're gonna practice for two hours a day. Then we're going to go into the gym. And then we're like, all, like, it was, it was stupid. It was like, we, <laughs> we were, we were training more than like, as we were in season, you know, and, yeah. and in season yeah. supposed to be more demanding. And so, you know, ended up pulling my groin and went to like, you know, my PT at, at school and, and, you know, thankfully like the PT at my school are very well educated. Like uh, I went to Nova Southeastern. I don't know if you know, it's small D2 um, in, in South Florida. Okay. Okay. Uh, and anyway, so like big, you know, big med school, lot big PT school, you yeah. know, all, all types of, so you do get to work with some really great people, but where I kind of started to realize like things, maybe I shouldn't trust the narrative was, you know, rehabbed my groin. And I told the guy, God, I told the guy, I was like, listen, there's no season. Like, do not rush this back. Like I, there is, there's absolutely no need for me to come back sooner than later, yeah. two weeks again. And I was just like, yeah. Oh my God. And so that's <laughs> kind of when I, when I started to like go down this path of, okay, what are some of my other options in terms of yeah. terms of training and kind of um, going against the narrative. And I think you run into a lot of issues in terms of like ego from trainers. I'm sure you've come across, yeah. um, you know, like, the you know except like getting out of the norm kind of what you're just told like you know really having to think for yourself like what what are some of those challenges when you when you go against a lot of what your typical PT or or strength coach would say yeah I mean yeah that's so tough because it's like not only are we going against other people's egos but I'm also trying to keep mine in check too because it's like (laughs) like it's so easy to like hear something that you don't agree with and just instantly like throw up walls, like as quick as possible, shut it down. And Mm -hmm. there's a time for that. Like you could tell me something absolutely off the walls and like my filters have been developed enough that I'm like, all right, that's bullshit. Like, I know that's not true. Um, But yeah, I think, I mean, I think the the hardest part is just when you're going kind of down these alternative routes is one developing a filter for like, okay, that's too much. So it's like, like, I I love Tommy John. I'm I'm a big Tommy John guy too. But even like some of his stuff, it's like, I, I'm with you. Like, I'm with your message, but like you, you stepped across that line for me. Yeah. Like, like developing a filter of like, okay, we're kind of in this main mainstream. And then as you go in this alternative life, not like lifestyle, alternative uh, rehab, strength, sport, there's some kooks, dude. And so it's yeah. like being able to just, so that you're not just buying any kind of rat poison that somebody sells that's alternative or cool or new. Yeah. Um, so I think that's like a big thing is um, developing your filter. Cause like we said, we talked about it a little bit, the, there's so much information out there, but um, if we can develop our filter, you can pretty easily sift through like, okay, bull crap, 
okay, that, that was valuable information. It challenged a bias I had. Um, yeah. Like it makes sense just from like a principle standpoint, like developing a core set of principles where it's like, okay, now I can filter information through those principles and kind of go and kind of like continue on my way and discard what doesn't match those principles and keep what does. So I think that's probably like the biggest aspect. And then obviously there's just the resistance to change from, from everybody, you know, I, we've done stuff for so long. I think it's like for research to hit, to like, to be published, to actually be implemented in the clinic. I think it's, there's a 20 year gap in the physical oh, wow. world. Um, so it's just like, that's a long time. Like we yeah. could have found out that leg extensions are crucial for ACL and not harmful at all. That would, that would take 20 years to migrate its way into the clinic, which is true. That's actually something that happens. Like I've heard yeah. multiple PTs say like, don't ever do leg extension. It increases sheer on your ACL. And like, we have plenty of research to show that like, that's not true at all. Yeah. So it's just like, Yeah. We're so resistant to change because it, it makes you question stuff and it makes you question your biases and it makes you feel like, oh gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. It's like, that's probably a good place to be. Like yeah. I'm every day, bro. Like it's okay. So yeah, you, you constantly want to be improving and evolving. And and yeah. that's another, like all the P, not, I shouldn't say all the PTs we had at school, but a few of the PTs at school had worked there for like 30 years, you know? Yeah. So it's like, like, I know personally, one of my boys who, um, I won't name the sport because then they'll know who the trainer is. But, uh, <laughs> you know, basically like was like, God, like all this guy does is prescribe me Advil and ice. And like, you know, it's just like, oof, you know, and like even I know now that like, OK, there's been plenty of research shown that those two things actually probably do more harm yeah. than they do good. Um, and and so it's but, you know, again, it's, it's tough. Like you have to go through those experiences and you have to kind of, you know, go go through that. um I guess kind of, like you said, filtering through the BS and kind of start to establish. And it's just, it's, you know, thankfully, like I was fortunate enough to never have like any real serious injury yeah. that like set me back and kind of like haltered my, I was lucky because I tore my hip labrum senior year or oh. going, going into senior year of high school. And mm. the first doctor I saw, he was like surgery immediately, like yeah. get it done. You'll be out six to nine months. Like, like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And I was like, that's my soccer career done. Like, like in a high school, I need, like, this is the year I need to get off or like all this stuff, whatever. Right. Went to another doc, went to another doctor, got a second opinion. He's like, you'll be fine in a month. And I was like, <laughs> I was like what, you know, and, but as a young, as a young, like 16, 17 year old, like, you know, who do you know to trust? How do you believe all this stuff? And, it, yeah. and it's, it's very hard. Um, and granted I was fine in about back on the field within like six weeks, uh, which, yeah. you know, thank, thank God. Uh, but it's just, yeah it's, it's experiences like that, that it's like, how do you, who do you trust? You know, who do you believe in? And that's, that was something on like the live that I was kind of asking you about and kind of like, see, you know, not necessarily like discerning between like right and wrong, but like yeah. what, you know, kind of what have you seen in your practices that like, you know, yeah. reinforces kind of what you're preaching and, and what your ideas are. Yeah. Yeah. And specific, are you specifically referring to Goda or just in general? No, no, no. Just, I mean, we can't get into Goda, of course, yeah. later. Um, but just in general, like, you know, what, what, like, have you seen within what you're doing that, you know, one person might say, oh, that's wrong. Mm. And then you'll be like, oh, no, that's right. You know, like, who, yeah. like, who, who, how do we know who's, who gives the right answers? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the first thing we have to do is just recognize that our bodies don't give a crap about our rules. Like we, yeah. we can come up with, all these rules. But at the end of the day, I think Bill Hartman said it the best. He's like, when I'm looking at a patient or he said physical therapy or, and I, I think strength and conditioning is just like poker. You look at the person you've seen that deck of cards before you've seen this specific hand, but at the end of the day, it's just an educated guess. I think that's like one of the biggest thing. It's like, yes, we have like some general principles to kind of go by but at the end of the day, man, like we're, we're guessing. And I yeah. think that's an important thing because we say things with such um, definity and clarity. Like, I don't know, some of the things we say to our patients, I'm just like, wow, like you're going to take that to the bank. Like that's, that's a crazy, <laughs> like that's a very confident and like bold thing to say to them. And they trust you like 100%. Um, so in terms of like what I see in the clinic is 
the unknown. I think like, I think if I had to pick one thing, it's just the gray, being able to embrace the gray. Like I thought I, I, I struggled so hard in PT school. Cause it was like, I thought it would be this black and white, like, Hey man, you got shoulder pain. I got this protocol for you. Let's do yeah. it. And it's just not that clear cut. There's this gray area of like, Hey, like I thought that was going to feel good. Or I thought that was going to hurt you. It didn't. Okay. We got to adapt on the fly. So if anything, it's more like there are no rules. Like, mm. um, yeah, even the experts, it's like, I listen to the experts and I see, I, I, I'm listening on one hand, I'm like listening to this person who is a, let's say shoulder expert. And I go into the clinic and I talk to this patient. I try things out that this expert was recommending. And I'm just like, man, dude, I'm not seeing that at all. Or like that, like that, that was not my experience at all. So it's like, I don't know. Like, I think that's a huge part of it is just like embracing the gray. It's like each person's going to be different. Each person's going to be totally, totally individualized and might not react to the same thing as the other person. So it's more just like, a puzzle of just like trying to try different things and take those principles that you've kind of built up over time, apply it to that person that's sitting right in front of you versus some weekend course you learned. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's a very respectable answer. And I feel like a lot of people might just be like, Oh, well, I'm right. You know, like I know I'm right. And, and I've seen it, but like, I can tell like you, you know, you take the time to do the reading, to do the research, to see yeah. what works, to see what doesn't work, to kind of have that, you know, constant evolution. Um, and, you know, you have a lot of people that they just they just want to put a blanket on top of all of their statements and on top of all. And I think, like you said, you going into PT, you had this idea of black versus white. And yeah. that's a lot of what PT is. It's like, oh, you know, you have this pain. Let's do these exercises, you yep. know, or, yep. you know, you have, you have this issue. Let's do a little manual, like all this, all this stuff. And, and so it's just like to, to understand and, and have the, like to remove your ego and say, I don't know, like a lot of people are not comfortable doing, especially if you have someone, you know, 30 plus a year PT went to med school, you know, went to this big, like all, you know, all these things. And, and to put, to put that ego to the side is like, oof, you know, it kind of, yeah. it, it's a bit, um, I, it probably intimidating for some people. Yeah. And I, I think there's a way to go about it too. It's like, Hey, here's what I do know. It's like, you're a very, and again, there's tactful ways to say this. It's like, Hey, you're not, you're not very active. Like you've been, yeah. you, you used to be very active. This knee pain kind of kicked in and now you haven't moved for a couple months. I know that there are certain things in the knee that can get aggravated without any biomechanical reason. They can just <laughs> yeah. piss off. And it, it seems like you got flared up. Here is a good general, because we know that our best weapon against pain injury in most cases is going to be some kind of form of exercise. So it's like, mm -hmm. you're, let, let's exercise back to where we were in a tolerable range. Let's modify the exercises so that we're relatively pain-free. I'm okay with a little bit of pain. I'm okay with some discomfort. You probably should, honestly, if you're training, yeah. right. But it's like, like, here's what I do know about the human body in terms of, you know, the anatomy and physiology of the knee pain science. Um, like it, you don't have to have something wrong to feel pain. And I think that's a huge thing for somebody is like, I broke my knee. It's like, no, you, you might not. You might've just been being an active individual. Like you should have been yeah, you yeah. You're hiking. Like let's give you a good modified exercise program and get you back to what you love to do so it's just like i think there is a way of being like hey here's what i do know here's what i don't know this is my plan moving forward mm. that, that gives them that reassurance of like okay like there, there's a plan here but i'm not also like yeah i can tell that you tore your meniscus just from looking <laughs> at it uh you have a you know this kind of rotation of your tibia and this kind you know um yeah like where we're kind of fear mongering. It's like, Oh, I have all this stuff wrong with me. And it's like, no, like there are ways where we can empower people to like really embrace like, okay, there's some unknown, but here's what I do know. And let's do something about it. So. Yeah. And I, I think like you as a football player and I, I personally have experienced it as a goalkeeper as well. You know, when your body's hitting the floor hundreds of times a day or, you know, th thousands of times throughout a week, like you're not going to feel all, you know, butterflies and rainbows. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you are going to have pain. You are going to, you know, have some, some sore spots, but to have like the understanding and say, Hey, okay. Like, even though I do feel this, like there's, 
nothing wrong with me, but that's, that scares a lot of people. Cause like you said, pain indicates injury. And then, yeah, you know, you gotta yeah. get, you gotta get manual therapy. You gotta take supplements. You gotta do right. your, your prehab exercises. You're uh, like all this stuff and it just leads you down this yeah. huge rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a whole, whole nother thing in and of itself, but yeah, I mean, that's so true. It, it's kind of a, yeah, I, I could go on for hours. <laughs> yeah, no, certainly, certainly. So have you, uh, I'm curious, have you heard of this account called Football Entangled on, yeah. you know, okay, okay, good, good, good. So, so this will, awesome. I was hoping you would, because there's a lot of things that he says in there that have some people just going off the walls. Yeah. And for a while, I, I, I can see like he means well you know he is yeah, coming from yeah. a good place and and he is trying to help because of his personal experiences and and what he's been through um and i have implemented a lot of um some of like you know the concepts and i think like what he talks about in terms of you know reducing blue light exposure reducing emfs your right. cleaning yeah. cleaning your diet sunrise things like that but um i'm curious to see what your opinion is on him yeah so <laughs> I, so he has taken a lot of his stuff, actually. I think there was even a lawsuit. But Chong, from, yeah. Yeah, from Chong Ji, I think, and yeah. secret, Secrets of Athleticism or whatever. Mm-hmm. But again, I think I think the premise behind uh, a lot of it is, well, yeah, like you said, well-intentioned. I think, I think uh, extensive plyometrics, the pogos, the, I think those things are valuable. I just kind of pushed back on the idea of like, the specific way of training your fascia specifically. It's like, mm-hmm. th- there's no way to truly train your fascia. It, like, yeah, I don't know. He just makes some pretty outrageous claims where I'm like, like, I think he had like a monk climbing a really steep hill. And he was just like, this monk's fascia tensioning has, like he was attributing it to this monk's fascial tension. I'm like, mm. no, this monk's done this his entire life. Like he probably lived in that. <laughs> he's done this hundreds of times like yeah i don't think it has anything to do with his fascial tension or it has everything to do with his fascial tension but we can't tell that apart from his muscle to like yeah to just attribute it to fascia or muscle it's like they're intimately connected like yeah you can't be like oh i'm training my fascia with this motion because mm. like, your muscles are doing it too like i yeah. i just the whole premise of it is just kind of silly in terms of the lifestyle stuff, I'm all on board with like red light, blue light, um, EMFs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I can't say I've like scrolled through his thing a whole bunch, but yeah, I he'll pop up every now and then. I just kind of giggle to myself. And the whole idea that like weight training is bad for you, I think is just kind of kind of ludicrous. Like I, I think again, we take, we look at genetic freaks. So like I had a guy on my team never touched a weight on his life he was the fastest dude on the entire team and like again he never touched a weight and it's like oh my gosh his fascia that's crazy and it's like no like he's just like a very elastic gifted individual and like Mm -hmm. i have no problem acknowledging that that's him but i also know for me if i had never touched a weight one i would have been 140 pounds soaking wet and as a linebacker that doesn't fly so it's like i would have put no muscle mass on couldn't have played my position two I'm not genetically gifted. Like yeah. I, I don't possess those kind of abilities that he does. So I had to bridge the gap with some kind of strength training, which is not going to destroy my fascial connection or whatever you want to call it. Mm. Um, so I, yeah, I think that's just kind of a silly, like he'll take these genetic freaks. Mm. and It's like, Oh, well, they've never lifted. So you must never lift either. And it's just, again silly and i'm not some meathead who's like everybody has to back squat 405 yeah. But <laughs> yeah like i i i'm not there either but i think there's a middle ground where it's like it wasn't his fashion man like come on yeah no i i it's it's true and i think a lot of what i think people that don't really understand the soccer world is i don't think like people know how intensive their schedule actually is mm-hmm. and you can attribute a lot of these injuries to you know, whatever artificial lights, the, the modern day shoes, the strength yeah. training, you know, whatever the case is. But I mean, these guys are playing like upwards of like two, three games a week. You're yeah. on play, especially once European competition starts, you're flying all over Europe to play, like yeah. barely have any rest time. You're playing for 10, 11 months out of the year. Like 
some of this, you know, and of course you do have the genetic freaks whose bodies can put up with that. But a lot of these guys just don't, don't have the motor, the motor in them to be able to, to last through a, a tenant. And then like, for example, now this season, you're going to have the world cup smack dab in the middle of the season. And the season is yeah. going to go up until July. And then the season picks up again in August. It's like, these, you know, these guys have absolutely no time to recover and to give, yeah. to give their, you know, their body the necessary recuperation time. And I, I don't have a ton of experience in the soccer world until my current job. My current job, I work a t- with a ton of soccer players, specifically mm. female soccer players. And I don't know if this is your experience too, but y'all condition so <laughs> much, like yeah. ludicrous ways possible. Like these poor ACL girls who are yeah. like just cleared to run are out there running the beep test and the man you or whatever yeah, like, yo-yo yo-yo test everything like they're destroying their rehab because they're trying like they're so scared of these conditioning tests and it's just like you you guys <laughs> i mean we condition in football obviously but like soccer conditions like a whole different thing so like i'm not surprised at all like they push them like hard in that condition oh no, it's that yeah on, on on top of an already very intensive you know demanding exactly. sport and preseason. Exactly preseason in college soccer is ridiculous like it, it's you know you have two weeks to like to get ready before you play your first game and it's just like you're training twice a day thankfully like where I was they kind of were I'd say a little more modern in their thinking and like for example uh-huh. like they wouldn't make the keepers run the beep test which I was like thank god because you know like like when do I ever run in a game you know what I mean? like that and like you know and I, I've always told people this people are like oh like you have it so easy. Like you're, I'm like, listen, like I'll give you the gloves right now and you can go jump and goal and like, <laughs> let, like, let me know how you do, you know, but, yeah. but that's what I'm conditioned for. Like right. I can do fully training for hours on end. If you ask yeah. me to go, go play 90 minutes and run 5k, I wouldn't be able to, because that's not yeah. what I'm trained yeah. for. And so it's just like, yeah, it, it, it is tough. And how do you have one test that everyone can, you know, or it shows how fit you are. And it's like, look, just go play a game. Like you'll see how fit everyone is in the game. Well, even when you look at like soccer's work rest ratios, it's like, I'm trying to remember. I think it's like one, like one second of sprinting, three seconds of jogging, five of walking. It's like one three five or something like that. Okay. I'd have to double check that. I so don't quote me on that. Yeah, but no, like, no. like a sprint, a jog, and like a decent amount of walking. Like there's still like, I don't know, to to not honor those like work rest ratios in terms of yeah. like, I, I think it's just kind of silly. Like, but anyway, that's no, it it's true. And and I was I was in um, God, this summer has been a journey, and get to that another time or at some point. But like. I basically, I was training under like this very old school German coach yeah. and one of the, one of those just like run until you can't no more, you know, type of thing, like <laughs> diving, like, like literally we, we did a drill where you had to dive all the way across the field one way and then all the way across the field the other way. And I was like, I was like, bro, like I, you know, I can't be, I can't be doing this. Like, it's yeah. just like, when are you ever going to be in a position and it's just the thing is those a lot of these a lot of this older generation and people that have yeah. especially if they're successful it's like oh this is like what did it for us you know like this yeah. is this is how we did it and it's just like oh it's 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 frustrating because you know there are there are like guys like you and I and you know way more than I do I'm just getting into it but you know it's like we look for other options we look for a different idea a different yeah. way of, of things and when someone contradicts that uh and it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about ego it's just like you know it, yeah it, it that's a whole nother rabbit hole that that you can go Good. down um, yeah yeah and, it, and it's tough because like for college athletes you know you're trying to do whatever it takes to get a spot on the field and and to play and right. you know, the college season is only so long and then oh you're gonna go disagree with your strength coach <laughs> like, yeah yeah like that's, that's not an option yeah immediately immediately and again, I think I was very lucky because the school I went to, because we had a PT school, because we had all these things, like yeah. we, we tend to have a lot more modern ways of thinking and, and things like yeah. that. Um, and so you were able to kind of, I don't want to say get away with certain things, but kind of like create a conversation and ask like why you're doing what you're doing and why this is helping. And, and like you said earlier, there is a 
clear reason why you are doing each movement and what that has to do and, and, and why that's, why that's benefiting you. Definitely. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So yeah, it's been a, yeah, I'm kind of glad to be, be out of the dome and be on like my own like way of training and, and yeah. kind of things like that. Um, and we, yeah, no. And, and we can, we can get into the go to stuff because that was when I really like, I, I want to say like kind of started down that rabbit hole and you know, kind of, it was, it was a mix because I don't know if you, obviously some go to stuff does include like landmines and does include, uh, you know, some type of weights. So I think right. like the whole concept to like throw the weights out is like a, you know, kind of, I guess too out there, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but speak a little bit. Yeah. About like your experiences with Gota, some of the pros, some of the cons and kind of, cause I'm sure nowadays, like almost everyone has heard of Gota. Yeah. Yeah. It's like definitely gained in popularity. Yeah. So, I mean, full disclosure, I don't, besides like surfing their social media, I haven't taken a course. I just listen to their clips every now and then. Yeah. Um, in terms of Goda, I mean, I think, and again, correct. You seem to know a little bit more about Goda. So correct me if I'm wrong on some of this mm. one, I think they just like sucker you in hard with like the, <laughs> the Nasibic kind of cult like lingo. Um, First, they, they talk in like a totally different language in terms of like Fibonacci columns, stuff that we have terms for too, which never, I never like, you know, they talk about like centering of the head of the mass, back chain dominant, um, inside ankle bone low, which is just like pronation, supination. Like we have terms for a lot of this stuff. So I think it's funny that they like kind of created their whole new like vocabulary of like, oh, we're gonna just going to like rename stuff so that it fits our model. Um, but I mean, it's just like, it's just like anything else. Um, I think when, when, uh, so let's say like, I think a, a big pillar of Gota again, correct me if I'm wrong. is like inside ankle bone low causes injury. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. A lot of, a lot of like, especially non-contact, like a lot of their, they, yeah. they attribute it to, to that. Yeah. Inside ankle bone low. Correct. Inside ankle bone low. Um, and they, they use a lot of like examples of like, I've seen babies, apes, like, and very elite athletes as well, like kind of running over that outside edge of the foot. Mm. Um, and while I think, again, I don't think they do a really good job. So we have like our three phases of gait. We have early stance, heel strike. That's going to be all external rotation. So I got ER at the femur, well, pelvis, femur, tibia, foot is supinated. Then I hit into my mid stance. I now have all my weight over my foot. I'm now in pronation and internal rotation all the way up the chain. And then as I go to toe off, I again re-enter into resupination and ER all the way. So um, a lot of the pictures I see is at that like kind of toe off mm. and where we're kind of already ERing, resupinating off that foot. So we already rolled off our big toe. And now we're like, as like that very tip of the big toe comes off, we're in that resupination, external rotation of the foot. That's just normal gait mechanics. And for them to say inside ankle bone causes non-contact injuries, I'm just like, that's, an, that's a crucial part of the gait cycle. And for us to try and like limit it, or I don't know, that'd be like saying like flexing your spine causes injury. Mm. I don't like, or extending your elbow causes injury. You're taking a crucial part of the human gait cycle, human movement, and demonizing it because you found a couple slow-mo clips or Fibonacci math. And again, I haven't, I haven't like taken the courses. So maybe they have all this evidence that I'm not so sure about, mm. but coach Gill circulate, like doing a little, like that little, like yeah. uh, seashell shape on like a uh, talking about Fibonacci. And I'm like, that's, that ain't going to cut it for me. Like yeah. you, you got yeah, yeah, yeah. more like substantial, like, Hey, this is what happens when you get injured. And it's like, yeah, Sure. A lot of injuries happen at that point, but is it because they got their in inside ankle bone low or is it because they exceeded the capacity of the Achilles or the ACL in that position? So I, I just think to limit it to you went to that position, I, I one, I think it's avoidable to get to that position. I don't think you can genuinely tell me that doing like the drills that they have you do mm. is going to translate to a chaotic dynamic environment like 100 yeah 
I, I don't think you can tell me in football, I'm thinking about my inside ankle bone as I'm trying to not get pancaked by this 300 pound man. <laughs> like yeah. I, no, I, I think about that. It's, it's a really good point because when I first started, like it almost hindered my performance because I was so hyper aware of my yeah. positioning and because of my inside ankle bone low and all these things that like, I was kind of like taking my focus away from the game. And like you said, like at, at such a high speed pace, it's like, you aren't thinking about that. Now, the, the only thing that I would say is that I think they're trying to like train the body to yeah. where if, if like you do get, let's say, bumped going up for a ball or, or tackle or things like that, that like when you land your body, I guess maybe I want to say resorts to like safety mechanisms, you know. Now, of course, obviously, like you said, there are going to be times where you do get put into those positions. And so right. then that's, that's like on the contrary end is like, how do we train our body to be strong and, and, you know, or have strength in those, I guess, unsafe positions as, as they would word them. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's a great point. So I think I, I'd say a couple things to that. I think I just thought of this, so bear with me. I think go to is like the uh, equivalent of like the posture, the posture gurus, like my, the patients I see that are like, some of my worst patients, honestly, are the yogis, the people who are hyper aware of their posture. It's crippling. It's crippling. Yeah. I'm like, I like throw a pen down and be like, hey, pick that up. And they're like, <laughs> they legit like stabilize everything just to pick up this pen. I'm like, dude, bend over like a normal person, round your spine and pick it up because yeah. like that's a normal position. And so I think for them, but they're like, oh, but it hurts when I round. I'm like, because you never round. Like, mm. The only unsafe position is the one that you're not prepared for. So yeah, mm -hmm. maybe you tore your ACL or your Achilles going with that inside ankle bone. But in my head, I'm thinking not because that's a dangerous position. It's because your tissues, your body was not prepared for that position. You either were cutting hard, too, hard, harder than you were capable of. It was You weren't prepared for it. You were pushed into it, whatever. I mean, sports is super chaotic. There's so many factors. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, the load exceeded the capacity of that structure mm -hmm. so it's like how, how okay well then how do we in, prevent injury because in, again instead of avoiding it like goto would probably teach instead of avoiding it and again like I, I i indicated earlier you're probably going to already end up there which i would think would increase your risk of injury if you've avoided it for so long yeah not trained that quality then you're thrown into a game you pronate bam snap like i haven't been there in a while like my body's not prepared instead yeah. let's let's build that movement library let's get you strong in as many positions as possible and sure some of them i might be using those soul surfs where i'm in that supinated externally rotated position strengthening that position but sometimes other times i want pronation i want that inside ankle bone um i want to teach you how to better manage collisions um mm. put you in a lot of positions where you are managing a wide variety of collisions and a ton yeah. of different planes of movement with a ton of different constraints. So yeah, I think that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great point. So let me ask you, like, I know you talk like a lot about knee valgus, which is like the knee coming inwards. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is that a safe position if you're rotated internally or is it like, can you, can it also be a safe position without the rotation? Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good question. So I guess just to like quick kind of sum it up, like I'm, I try to my my goal is to create two different terms: knee valgus and knee adduction, adduction, or internal rotation. I think they okay. should be two separate things. Okay. Knee valgus is going to be an opposite rotation. You got your femur going in and your uh, tibia externally rotating. Okay. Knee valgus not good or like probably not that great it's still it's still a secondary risk factor for the acl people it's like knee valgus acl knee valgus acl yeah like cor ACL, correlated yeah acl's anterior tibial translation like that's the number one risk factor not knee valgus so mm. i i think that's one thing it's like oh knee valgus acl and it's like well that's that's like a secondary function of the acl that usually happens it goes boom and then we rotate in but anyway um, so I, I'm kind of, I want two different things. Knee valgus, again, I don't think it's safe when we're up, rotating in opposite directions. 
knee adduction, I think is crucial. Mm. Knee adduction is going to be, like I said, pronation, internal rotation, all the way up the chain. So uh, femurs, tibia, feet, all pronating, internally rotating. We're going to get a huge adductor. They call it the adductor whip. Those adductors are powerful hip extensors, which is, again, going to cause adduction of the knees. And it's how we put force into the ground. Um, mm. Again, it's when you view it through a gate lens, it's like that mid stance, pronation, putting force into the ground is a crucial part of gate. And it, it's just it's uncoachable. Like, yeah, I, I could try to coach it out, but when you watch it, I can't tell you how many people it's just like, just an unconscious knees go in as they produce force. Now, if you're, you jump off a box, you land and your knees clack together. While there's actually a decent amount of research showing that's not a risk factor. Um, I, I would have some questions about one, just like your strength to withstand a collision. Yeah. But if we're, we jump down, and then jump back up and then our knees clack together. I'm like, you got wicked uh, internal rotation. And like, <laughs> I'm not going to coach that out of you. Um, yeah. Well, and that's, sorry to interrupt you, but that's something like no. with, like with Gota that they do try and like, like when you, when you're releasing, so to speak, or like when you're, I guess, like coming off of pushing force, they actually do want like those knees to rotate in and yeah. And you, so basically imagine like you're, you're crushing a bug, right. With the outside of your feet and like you're, you're rotating them inwards. So that way you're yeah. kind of like, so it, it's cause again, that's like that knee abduction that like you're mentioning about. Yeah. And then, but then like, you know, they don't want knee valgus. So I think it's, I think they mean well in what they're saying in terms of yeah. like internally rotating those, you know, those bones that you right. can kind of release that force if, if that makes sense but i think that goes into what you're saying about the colt thing of everything that's inside ankle bone low or knees coming in or, or is bad you know and, and it's completely against the other way whereas a lot of the, like the coaches that i've worked with or a lot of the stuff that i've seen like i mean they have drills focused on rotating your knee inwards and also like like um you know squishing that bug and rotating your heel out if if if, if you can picture that yeah, I, th I think I've seen kind of like they do like the crawls. Yeah, um, well, like yeah. Rolling off that outside edge of the foot. And uh, I, I do think, too, we kind of miss out on like the windless mechanism of the big toe. Uh, as we pronate or flatten our arch, mm. roll off that kind of more medial side of the foot or the inside edge of that foot over that big toe. And we get that big toe kind of extending back like this. It yeah. stretches like a whole, the plantar fascia all the way up into the calf. And that eccentric spring, it one, both actively in like the passive structures, like, I mean, fascia, again, is a passive, mostly passive uh, structure, but we get a good spring off that big toe. So again, I, I don't know how I feel about like trying to get people to roll off more of the pinky toe. Yeah, we're, we're trying. I, I want them to roll off their big toe and get that big toe extension because then we trip that windless mechanism, which is going to give us a little extra spring. Um, like when you dunk, right? Like a lot of dunking mechanisms, isn't it? Like kind of like rotating inwards now sometimes to like get that speed or get that like yeah. explosion up. Well, you, you watch like a lot of the NBA guys even just shooting. It's not a very yeah. high jump or anything, but you watch them. I mean, their their knees are yeah. like this. Like mm, they, yeah, their feet are. Yeah, their feet are in. Yeah. And it's, it's a natural internal rotation. We spring up out of it. It's a, it's mm -hmm. a natural how we produce. And to be honest, like it's going to vary a ton. Like my wife, she's super strong, like really strong female, but when she, and she's like a really good jumper. Like she was a, a hitter in volleyball and a track. Mm -hmm. When she jumps, dude, like it's not a hip abductor weakness issue. That's what I hate. People are like, Oh, you know, that super small muscle up on your hip. Like that's, what's causing it. That's not the case. She's so strong. Like I promise you her hip abductors are very strong, yeah. but she jumps, man. She, her knees literally click, like touch together and she's soaring over everybody. And it's like, yeah. her hip abductors are strong. It's a normal, I don't have that as much. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm not totally sure. I'm still trying to figure that out a little bit, but um, I don't have nearly as much of that internal rotation. I can still jump decent, but not like anything to write home about. But anyway, we should uh, we should get into telling your female athletes to go eat a steak. 
<laughs> yes, dude. Yes. I love, I love that. I see those things and it's just, it's so funny. Cause it's like, yes. you know, I don't know. People have this image of girls and y'all pretty and, you know, very, you know, not, yes. not wanting to devour into a steak, but like, God, yes. there's nothing better than a nice ribeye, man. Dude. Yes. Well, my wife's an, a dietitian too. So okay. kind of part of the deal. I, she helps out with the company as well. Like I kind of run the rehab and sports mm. performance side and she kind of runs the nutrition side. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, that's like kind of a big thing. It's like yeah. so many female athletes, like one, you just tore your ACL. So like your body needs to be like repair. And two, you come in or like, it's like three o'clock in the afternoon and you've had a granola bar. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, like go eat some beef. And like, yeah. I joke about beef, but beef is, I, I think people should eat more beef. Like hundred percent. Like it's, it's the most bioavailable, most nutrient dense food you can probably eat. Um, and so for female, and again, like there's this whole like plant-based, like people watched a Netflix show and feel good about it. So they, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave more of that to my wife, but yeah. 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 I, like, I, fell, I fell into the trap. It was so ooh. bad. It was so bad. Like I literally, i never felt worse in my life. And like, I was playing a summer season and literally we were only training three times a week, one game a week, like, you know, very manageable load. And like, I was dying. Like I literally was dying. And that's what, that, again, that was another like kind of red pill moment where I was like, oof, like, yeah, yeah. This whole vegan stuff supposed to be good for you. And why do I feel like worse than I ever have? Um, and kind of sent me down the carnivore and now I'm more of, um, I want to say full carnivore nor animal based because I do I do throw other things in there but I just yeah. I'm definitely in a better point like within my diet that you know is is yeah. um very helpful and I think that's like I don't know what it is with girls they just don't like to eat like girls just don't eat I don't know what it is like dude yeah I mean my wife because we, we train like college teams online um okay nice both of us going to like a smaller college you know we didn't have access to a ton of like strength coaches. So we wanted yeah. to make like, an affordable option for these mm. college teams, but we work with a lot of female teams and we do like an onboarding zoom call like this. And you know, part of the spiel, my wife is like, if all they have is pizza, eat the freaking pizza. Like, yeah. I don't care. Like, it's not about healthy. It's just about like eating enough. Like you guys are college athletes. Like I get small school, like cafeterias kind of tend to suck, but like, you just got to make it work and like eat as best as you can. But like, eat the dang food because you need calories too. like yeah I don't know that's that's something I've had like I've had to like kind of swallow my pride because I've been big on like avoiding seed oils and artificial ingredients and which which is great and like you everyone should do that but but there is being said that like if you're hungry like go eat because you're almost at times going to do more than and this this is something I learned from Kate Deering I don't know if you know any of her stuff um but she she's a good she's really good she has a book called how to heal your metabolism um and and that's something that's helped me a lot but she even said too like listen to your body and like if your body is telling you to go eat go eat you know and and try your best to mitigate like the damage like obviously you're not always going to be in positions where you can you know hook up a grass-fed steak and have fresh fruit all this stuff of course that's not realistic and that that's where i think like liver king and carnivore md and all these guys like they take it a little too far because listen like everyone everyone living a normal life is going to be put in situations where they can't always do that right Um, Right. and so but like you said like you have to you know your body does need fuel and especially like a college athlete as you know like the demands that the sport places on you like you you just you have to give you have to give your body fuel yeah no that's so true and like like you said liver king carnivore md it's like are you seriously going to tell like a mother of three who's working a full-time job and a part-time job that she needs to go buy liver and eat it raw? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, I know like he, he hits his niche and stuff, but like yeah. there, there's gotta be this middle ground of like, okay, here's 100%. real life. And like, we, we know these things to be true in terms of like, Hey, organ meats are super great, but I'm not eating liver raw. I'm sorry. Like yeah. <laughs> I don't want to, <laughs> like, and I shouldn't make these poor college girls or this mother of three, you know, do that. So it's like, there's gotta be this like this middle ground of like, okay, like how, how can we make this work? Cause it's it, like, yeah. are crazy. And you can still get the benefits without eating raw liver. You know, it's like, 
you a lot and again he he does mean well and a lot of his intentions yeah. are you know are they're all well meant but it's like yeah it's there's i mean there's extremes to everything right and you just again it goes back to like finding what works for you and and finding what's important and um and i think i think like the overarching picture for a lot of like what we have talked about is again like how's your mental health like how are your spirits like who are you surrounding yourself with like what like what is your mental diet you know what are what are these you know all everything you're putting into your body like your body is an energetic being and you know this might sound a little out there and yeah, some people yeah. like some people may think but i actually learned this one one of my go-to coaches um he was from the uk um where i'm at right now and he like you know he's gotten into goda and you know has kind of been involved in in, in the different worlds and different spaces whatever but he he that's what he addresses first things first out of everything is mm-hmm. you know where your spirits at, like, what's your, why, what, you know, who are you around kind of all these things that I just mentioned. And I think that's a big thing that goes very, um, or what, how, how would I say it? Like overseen, you know? And it's like, yeah, you might be eating raw liver, but if you're miserable every single day doing it, like that's going to do worse for you than the benefits of it are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think Tommy John always says like a happy pizza is better than a sad salad. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's like so solid. It's like, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah he that. does. He does a good job of like applying it to regular people and, and yeah. kind of like making and it's funny, like, I mean, over here, it's amazing. They have like a lot of these restaurants that do like sourdough pizzas. And yeah. like, I just been going ham. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you know, you, but there's some I mean, there's just such a like, guilty pleasure of just like mucking two pizzas, you know, like, <laughs> and they look like that. And, um, yeah. And that's actually something Liver King talks about. Like, you know, he'll, he'll poison himself, you know, for the benefits of like having a night out with the boys or like, yeah. you know, being, you've kind of seen him at some of these UFC events and out in Vegas and things like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, definitely interesting his message, but um, no, we'll, yeah. we'll wrap it up. I, I know you're a busy man, so I don't want to keep you forever. Um, yeah. If you want to shout out any final words, please plug all your businesses, plug your yeah. wife, plug you, yeah. whatever you need. Check us out on social media, Big Cat Performance 7, uh, Big Cat Performance on TikTok. And we're developing an ACL kind of course, a little mini course, kind of talking through nutrition, the supplements, what to look for in a rehab. And of course, like if you want to rehab with me, rehab with me. So awesome. Uh, ACL yeah. code should be finishing up here soon. And uh, I think it'll be a good resource just from a, a little bit more alternative, like, hey, like, this is kind of the mainstream and here's some alternative stuff that uh, you can be doing. So we're excited about that. Awesome. No, well, I'll make sure to like tag you and everything and, and, you know, yeah. make sure we have all that info there. Um, and actually uh, we'll, we'll speak after, but I have a few um, connections at some local schools down like in Miami where I'm originally from um, oh. that actually might greatly benefit from your online. Um, so I can put you in contact with some of them and, and see if, um, see, see, if, see if I can help you out. You helped me. Honestly, this was amazing. Like, you know, to, to be able to pick your brain and, um, you know, as an athlete myself, as, as someone who's aspiring to play at the highest level, it is, it is really helpful. So I do really appreciate it, man. Yeah, of course. I, I appreciate you having me on. It's cool to meet like, like-minded people and, uh, we're all just trying to figure it out. So it's, it's fun to chat with you. Yeah, no, certainly, certainly. I mean, conversations like this, you can have all day, right? You oh, can just, 100%. it's, uh, yeah, 100%. go to the end. So, anyways, yeah, well, ladies and gentlemen, everyone, Caleb, big cat performance as he's, uh, as he's better known. And um, yeah, thanks again, man. Hopefully, we'll get you back on here at some point. Yes, sir. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, man. Take care. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks. You too, man.